On today's episode, I'm joined by Guy Trevithick, General Manager of Twinings Tea. I'm really excited for you to get to meet him, get to hear about some of his wisdom that he's acquired over a long career. If you haven't already, please hit subscribe on our YouTube channel. It really helps us grow and develop and get more guests on as well. So please do take a moment to do that. Um, we are also on all the major social media platforms. You can find links via our website, which is www.goencourage.com. Hey, so here I am with Guy Trevithick. I've said that right? Yep, that'll do. Heard a lot worse. So, yep. <laughs> Heard a lot worse. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Great, great to be here. Good to have you. Good to have you. Um, we usually start off by asking people what their name means. Mm. And I was thinking about this and I was like, Guy, hmm. mm. is it self-explanatory or is there some <laughs> meaning behind that? Well, I, I, think, I think my folks gave me the name just because it was one syllable. It was short because the second name's a bit longer. I, I think it was probably as simple as that. Uh, but, but the name Guy, I think, comes from the French Guido, which, which means guide. Or, or leader mm. um, but there's also this kind of English element to it which um, if you remember the history and the gunpowder plot back in 16 something or other uh, when Guy Fawkes tried to blow up the Houses of Parliament yes. and he got foiled and then this tradition grew up of uh, every year on November the 5th building bonfires and burning effigies of Guy Fawkes and from that came the use of the of the word guys and a guy as a sort of a person or as a group of group of people group of men and ultimately it morphed into sort of be a you know just a description for a bunch of people um but originally after the the guy forks thing actually a guy and guys were 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 known as the as the kind of lowest of the low the most disreputable people after the sort of guy forks legacy so uh you know guide or leader or disreputable person i, I don't know <laughs> Pays you money, you take your choice. I, I, I'm going to take uh, the guide of the leader side. I like that part. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we, but I, I suppose you know uh, Guy Fawkes was a leader as well in some sense. Well, it just it it just shows that you know you could it, the, the direction you take mm. is what matters. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> cool. Um, and uh, Trevithick, that's an interesting name. Does that come from somewhere? Yeah, West Country. West, West Country. Country. Get down to Cornwall. There's nice. loads of us. <laughs> Trebethavericks, Trevithics, Triscothics, if you're a cricket fan. Um, yeah, so actually the, the, it's, it's originally from, uh, from Cornwall. And in fact, part of my family still live down there in a place called Little Hamlet called Trevithick East Farm. Nice. Uh, so you can, you can still find the home of the Trevithicks down there. Get down to Cornwall. Get down to Cornwall. <laughs> you know, I went for the first time last year. First, last First time year. I've been here. Where have you been, Rick? I've, I lived here my whole life, <laughs> you know, um, just never made it down to Cornwall. Yeah. I think it's really easy just to get on a flight and go somewhere. <laughs> um, but when we went down, we were blown away. It's a gorgeous, oh, it's absolutely beautiful. stunding. No, it's, 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 it is beautiful. Yeah, it so is thank beautiful. you. Thank you for, yeah, for building Cornwall. <laughs> 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 so talking about family, have you got a big family, small family? Yeah, not, not, not so big, really. There's... Um, uh, there was my brother Neil and I when growing up, two of us. My uh, my dad, uh, for most of his working life, was in the navy, and so uh, so we moved around quite a bit. In fact, I think uh, I mean it felt like every naval port on the south coast we we lived in. You know, I was born in Plymouth. My brother was a couple of years older than me. He was born in Weymouth. Mm -hmm. uh, we my father was posted abroad for a period, so we 
uh, he served on a NATO base, I think, in just outside Oslo in Norway. Uh, so we we moved there for a bit, and, and then back to Portsmouth, further up the coast. <laughs> uh, so um, yeah, a lot of lot of naval bases and life by the water. Um, but yeah, there was two of us, and then uh, my wife Jane. Um, she didn't exactly bring a huge family. She's an only child, right? Um, and you know her. her her dad passed away when she was just a child. So uh, there was her and her mum. So uh, we, we're not the biggest family unit. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that's, that's, that, that was, our, yeah, that was you, our life. You fit around the Christmas table, right? Yeah, we do. <laughs> we <laughs> do. The space for us all, that's this for sure. So remembering back then, was there like a particular um, profession that you aspired to, to go into when you were older? Or even if it was just, hey, I want to be an astronaut, you know, those thoughts that you have when you're young. Was there anything in, that you had in mind then? Yeah, I, I, I think I was, I was uh, pretty lazy in that respect. And, um, you know, any superhero that was going um, from the Beano's Desperate Dan to whatever... Um, I remember those you know? comics. Yeah, I remember <laughs> those comics. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I wish I could tell you a story about, you know, I had this kind of revelation when I was about seven years old mm. that I wanted to be X or Y. That's not my story. I was just mucking about right. when, I was, um, when I was kind of just a kid having fun. But I think, I, I think though, that the, 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 there was a particular friendship that when I got into those teenage years and, you know, when you're starting to work out what you think about a little bit about yourself and um, you know, what matters to you and you're kind of finding your way and trying a few things, exploring a few ideas. Um, there was, I mean, I had some, uh, some really good friends and I said, you know, there's a number of them that are still friends today all these mm. years later, but there was a particular uh, mate of mine called Chris Shout out to Chris. Still good friends today, although he now lives in Australia, so it's pretty inconvenient, actually, Chris. Uh, but we still stay in touch, <laughs> yeah. um, uh, although Melbourne's a long way from Staines. Mm. But um, actually... The probably the thing, furthest place you could go. Well, right? yeah, yeah, I mean, maybe that was, that's why the friendship works. <laughs> you know, he said, Listen, <laughs> it's only going to work if I go a long way away. Go. Um, but uh, I think for, uh, you know, my, my dad was, a, was, was kind of quite a laid back guy he's quite mm. easygoing guy and you know he had a way of getting on with people I think and uh and but when I came across Chris and his family it was like I, I met this kind of tour de force this kind of whirlwind type that I hadn't really come across before mm. and think about Chris, I mean his family you know because uh, where I was we were going to school was a little way away from where my family lived I used to get and spend weekends and holidays with him and whatever and his family and his family were incredibly welcoming and oh, generous amazing. and accepted everyone and everyone anyone and everyone and but in amongst this chris just gave himself 200 percent to everything he did it didn't matter what we were doing mm. you know he was um, maybe a bit over competitive right um i mean he was super competitive um at, but he just you know Whatever, whatever we were doing, whether we were, you know, whether we were just mucking about, throwing a tennis ball around, mm -hmm. having mock fights, running around, or whether it was sport or whatever, he would just go for it. And if he failed or fell over or it didn't work, he'd just get up and he'd just keep going, give himself 200%. Come he'd on. leave nothing. Wow, that's cool. And, and I, think, um, I think what that opened up for me, actually, was, wow, God, I wonder what would happen if you... Whatever you, whatever you're doing, you, you guys just give it everything. Mm. If you just 
hold nothing back. And if you fall flat on your face, if you fail, if you mess up, just keep going mm. and keep giving it your all. Wow, what would that look like for you? Yeah. You know? Um, and I, and, I, and I, I think actually, going back to your sort of question, I think that of all the things I took out of my, call it childhood years, actually, as I emerged into adulthood, it, it was this kind of go for it guy. Mm. Whatever it is you end up doing, I had no idea what I wanted. Just give it. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and that, that I sort of, in a sense, I, I saw being lived out by Chris and his family. And, and uh, I was kind of fascinated by it. Mm. And would you say, looking back now, you know, uh, hindsight's a, a special mm. thing like that, is um, do you think that happened? Do you think you were conscious about that? Did you think, oh, yeah, I, I want to be like that? Or was it just something that you kind of fell into, yeah. you know? I think it was, um, I don't think there was an aha, a aha moment. Mm. I think it was just because I, I, I saw Chris doing this, you know, and all those kind of, it's only a game, you know, it, does it really matter? It's just crazy questions for Chris. He was just... <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but so I, I think it, it was something over time. And then when I start, when I sort of thought, well, what does this look like for mm, me? Mm. You know, Chris is Chris, that's cool. Um, uh, and, uh, and, and as I sort of pushed myself a bit, and it started with some really simple things. Mm. Um, what would happen if I did? I, then I realized, wow. Actually, I, I didn't think I could get this far or do this thing. Um, I might not have been the best at it, but wow. We, we, and, and, you know, I, I, we, it, Chris started a business when he was 18. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it just never occurred to me. Mm. Were you going to start a business? What would you mean? How? What, what, where did that come from? Mm. <laughs> but he did. Kept it going for about five years and we ended up both going to the same same uh, uni and uh so he's running the business while he's at uni yeah yeah, yeah. and it was a, it was a kind of entertainment thing you know and all the rest right. of it uh and but it, it worked mm. and um and actually <laughs> i was an employee um he was okay as a boss actually <laughs> paid good wages and all the rest no we had a lot of fun together but yeah. i mean you know, it would never have occurred to me to have started a business. I mean, look at all the things that could have go wrong. It might not work. Yeah. You know, people might, might become a laughing stock. He just, that's, he did it. He just went for it. Wow. Wow. It's almost like there's a Rocky theme, yeah. you know, playing in the background as he's, <laughs> yeah, as he's doing all it. of this. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, wow. But yeah, so I, and, I, and, and yeah, as I say, then I gradually just sort of, I think it just sort of almost like grafted into the way I was approaching a few mm. things. And, uh, yeah, it, uh, so thanks, Chris. Yeah, yeah. shout out, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> if you're watching or listening. Um, so if you fast forward from there to now, mm. having that mindset, where, where has that taken you? Where, where have you got to with, you know, putting in 200% and just going for it? Yeah, well, there's, a, well, I swear, uh, there's an interesting thing. I mean, you, you'll probably hear me talk a little bit about some of the what I see is the tensions between different, whether it's different values or different circumstances in life, the sort of tension that I think often we need to hold, mm -hmm. that, that life is very rarely, let me say, it's very rarely binary. Mm -hmm. you know, I know that's a bit of a thing at the moment in the culture today, you know, are you, are you, are you, are you from the left or the right? Are mm -hmm. you in or you're out? Are you mm -hmm. with this group or with that? Well, I, 
I very rarely think it's as mm -hmm. simple or that's a very healthy way to look at life. Agreed. Um, and I guess one of the things that sort of emerged over time for me was this, you know, sort of going for it, for mm. want of a better phrase, give everything 110%. And that kind of provokes action and... I think you, you've lost 90% somewhere there. 110%. What happened to the 200? You become a bit more realistic as <laughs> yeah. the years go. Um, but at the same time, there's a weird thing that actually... Um, well, here's a statement. I'm not quite sure whether this is true or not, but let's go with it. That There's no causal link between effort and achievement of things of significance. Mm. Now, it just so happens that you know, most of the people that I think about who have achieved you know things of significance in whatever walk of life they do tend to have worked really hard but but i don't think there's a causal link so i kind of also started to explore and think about um well well actually a brilliant idea is a brilliant idea mm -hmm. i mean how 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 long does it take to come up with a brilliant idea um, I found it actually was far easier to come up with a really bad ideas. You know, and, then, <laughs> yeah. um, and maybe you need 10 of those to come up with a brilliant idea. So, but I think holding this tension is, is th this is one of the areas where it took me that actually, yes, there's a place for action and, but giving 110% or 200%, however much, um, is not just all about effort because um, whilst hard work might, kind of come at times it it's not everything mm. and and often often we can i've certainly done it but we can move to action i think far too soon mm. on a, on something whatever it might be um and actually holding back and reflecting more and those, those are other themes will really serve serve us well so i think what where it took me was yeah when the time is right, go, mm. give it everything. Yeah, but actually, you need something to hold that intention mm. because just action on its own doesn't always have a happy outcome. No, no, and it's really interesting because I guess it's um, what your starting point in where your starting point is as well. So, mm. if you're someone who takes no action. And, mm. and spends 20 years, you know, thinking about doing something, <laughs> then it's about, I, I like the word, I like the way you put it, the tension about getting mm. to that place where there's a balance between the two. You're, you're not, you're not all action and binary mm. in that sense. And then no action. You kind of have to find a, a, a space where, you know, there's some courage involved in knowing what that space yeah. feels like when you're there, because a lot of yeah. the times we don't do. We, um, but then, yeah. yeah, going for it, like you said, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, saying no is just as valid as saying yes, mm. you know, d d that that uh, you know the there there are just there are many many stories of people that they really thought it was a good idea to go full on mm -hmm. for whatever it was it <laughs> it just turned out that actually there was wisdom out there mm -hmm. from other people or other learning that if only they'd made themselves made themselves kind of available to it they would have realised that they might have had a germ of a good idea but setting off. Mm -hmm you know, from the charge of the light brigade, you know, down. Mm. Um, you know, there are lots of examples of people that demonstrated great courage in, mm. in the sense they, they decided to, they went ahead with something mm. 
um, where the outcome was far from certain and where they were they were they were, they were going to have to face very difficult circumstances and it just didn't end well. Mm. So, you know, that's again just a. The, I think there's a healthy tension to be held mm. in. In in um, I mean, we're knocking on the door of a discussion about courage, but there's a healthy tension to be held. Anything in isolation can be dangerous yeah totally i know um before we started recording today we were having a little chat and 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 i wonder if we can go back to the story that you said uh back in singapore we were talking about the difference between courage and stupidity weren't yeah. we um we should have rolled the camera then yeah. but you know i was just thinking um maybe we could revisit yeah. that a little bit well yeah but i mean uh, part of my family history is that is that my 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 mother when she was when she was a young girl six years old um, and with with my uncle, they um, were living with my with my grandmother and granddad uh, in 1942 in Singapore, where my uh, grandfather was a uh, was in the navy. Um, and in uh, I think it was February, I think it was February um, 1942 or whenever it was in 1942, um, in the midst of the Second World War, when um, the Japanese forces then. Um, attack Singapore and they sort of attack Singapore from from the rear if you like from the land side not from the port side um, which was anyway it was unexpected you can read about the history of that but the reality for my um, my mother and her immediate family then is literally she and my uncle were woken up I think you know you've got to get out of bed we just we've got to get down to the port and mm-hmm. they um, got down to the to the port and they managed to get on one of the the, the ships they were helped by some very very good friends to get on a boat and and in fact they ended up managing to escape and they were taken to Australia where they they spent the war years the rest of the war years uh in Perth um and my grandfather um although they didn't know at the time they didn't find out um from that moment in 1942 until the end of the war in late 1945 or maybe even 1946 I I can't quite remember Mm. uh that my my grandfather um, took his uh, sort of river gunboat that he was captain of, or, um, which I think was HMS Scorpion. Um, if you look it up, name? HMS Scorpion, um, and he took it out. And look, it was a. I may have got the to naval experts. I may have got the description a bit wrong, but I mean it's a fairly small coastal river gunboat. Um, and out um, out on the coast, you know, was you know much bigger a much bigger array of Japanese naval military sort of hardware to face destroyers and cruisers and whatever. Mm. Um, and my grandfather took his river gunboat with its very modest armor and armaments. Um, and he sailed out to engage the, the, the enemy forces. Wow. Um, and, and I guess the, the inevitable happened, um, in very short order, um, sadly, his you know it happens in war, it happens in conflict. His ship was hit and sunk, and and he he was killed along with uh, many many of, of of the crew. Uh, so again, it just it just gets to that point that you know courage is not without consequence, mm. and that uh, I think he he obviously was. I mean, I I'll never know, but obviously he could only judge the circumstances as he saw them yeah. with what he knew at the time. Mm. And he made that decision to go out against overwhelming odds mm. and to, uh, if you like, as he saw it, to discharge his duty. 
um, and, and obviously it had uh, you know tragic consequences for him and, and, and a lot of other people mm-hmm. um, and and that that was his decision you know yeah. I, I don't th- I mean I never look at these things as was it a good or a bad decision because you can only make the decision with the information you know at the time absolutely yeah uh, but I think but but obviously you know there was a there was a uh, I guess a, a legacy from that that the consequences of that my grandmother and my mother and uncle had to live with live with for the rest of their lives mm. that obviously they were without a father and a husband and um and all the sort of difficulties of that ensued for the family but yeah so um that's you know many families have got those stories mm. from from moments of conflict um and and that's just part of my family history wow and i think one of the things i've kind of really drawn to is you know making the decision based on what's in front of you mm. that's that's the key thing isn't it that's where mm. where where courage really you know mm. is real or not yeah. you know because it's really easy to say if this happens i'm going to do this mm. or to look back and go you know this was a good decision a bad decision like mm. you touched on there um should have done it this way should have done it that yeah. way but actually it's lived in the moment isn't it well yeah and I mean, most of the time, most of the decisions we have to make, whether they're of very significant consequences, that one we've talked about in the mm-hmm. context of the Second World War or whatever, you know, generally speaking, we're never going to have all the information. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sadly. Whenever- <laughs> I wish we did. It'd make life so much easier, wouldn't it? <laughs> Even for us data geeks, <laughs> yeah. you know, we're never going to have all the information mm-hmm. or accurate information or enough time mm-hmm. or enough resources or whatever it is. Um, that's that's the nature of mm. of life and judgment and decisions and the inform yeah. inform courage and the voices are always there um if i take the example of you know a company has to deal with something important mm. maybe something that they need to own up to or something mm. let's say um and they might do all the right things and really nail it in terms of their response but then the voice might come back oh they should have done that a lot quicker Mm. Why did it take them a month or yeah, have, yeah. have a long... So the voices are always there. Yeah. It's kind of trying to drown them out mm. and say, look, what, what can we do with what's in front of us, you know? Yeah, again, you yeah, know. absolutely. Um, coming back to uh, um, giving it your 200%, yeah. 110%, <laughs> 150, <laughs> let's, shall we split? Anyway. But um, what, did, what did you do with your life? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's funny. I, uh, I have a, just as an intro, I have a, really good friend of mine who's a builder right um and and i remember <laughs> i remember for years you know quite on a regular basis peter used to ask me he said listen guy he said um he said you know when i when i go to work um generally that there, there isn't something and when i finished there is mm. right i'm a, and you can see it mm. and he said i've asked you a number of times what is it you do <laughs> <laughs> and i know you're very busy but I still can't. I'm not, not like quite that. sure what it is that you do. It's great. I don't know if you ever watched uh, uh, the series Friends. Oh yeah, well I've watched a few. I've yeah. watched a few. Chandler was known. He was known for no one could quite work out <laughs> what, what he did. did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, look, actually, I mean, look, when, when I um, I didn't really know what I wanted to do when I left university. Mm-hmm. I, um, but actually, I, 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 I mean, call it serendipity, call it luck, call it whatever you want to call it. Um. But I, I ended up applying for a job with a company. I said, look, I, I have no idea really how it was in business. Mm-hmm. Somebody said, look, 
you know, it was a business. And I went to them and said, look, I have really, I can see you're recruiting. I have really no idea how your business works. I don't know. It's not my life experience, mm-hmm. uh, apart from doing odd jobs and whatever. Um, but I can tell you about me, what I know about me. And um, if you think there's a fit, that's, that's, that would be great. Nice. Um, <laughs> oh, and by the way, I need a job. <laughs> you know, and fortunately, the, the people that I met, um, they they kind of got that approach. Okay. Because they could have just said, well, what do you, I mean, I've done a bit of research. I know what you do and what you make. It happened to be in the food business. Mm-hmm. And actually, what happened was they said, well, I know you've applied for this particular job, which is advertised. But in the conversation, they said, um, actually, we'd, we'd like to offer you a job, but we don't think you should do that. We think you should do this. Mm. Anyway, it, it, and it, it turned out to be a, a sales job. I didn't really know what, you know... What, um, what did you study? What was the? I studied. I did a history degree. I think what it gave me it, is it 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 it, it helped. It teach me how to think. Hmm. It it taught me some skills about analysis, about data, um, about what the what story is the data telling you, and how to inquire and analyze stuff. And um, and that's actually stayed with me all of my life. So actually, although you know history, it's not vocational. Mm-hmm. You can't. You know, my son's an engineer. I mean, he looks at me and goes, what, what kind of a degree is that, Dad? <laughs> um, but um, it's not vocational, but that, but it helped develop those skills. So actually what, um, essentially I ended up going into the sales job, which for me, I thought, I th- when I, when I think, despite all the cliches about salespeople, I think this is ultimately problem solving. Mm. And... Um, you know, there's a buyer and a seller and, and, and if somebody's not buying, then there's a problem. It's mm-hmm. a problem that's it, got a solution somewhere. Yeah. Can, can, I, can I help with this other person find a solution? I mean, ultimately what I, uh, what I ended up doing uh, was I ended up uh, going into, uh, I've spent all my working life in business. Mm-hmm. It turned out that that happened to be, that made me a kind of square peg in a square hole. Mm-hmm. I, it kind of worked. It clicked. Nice. And as I, they taught me, you know, the, you know, the financial aspects of running a business and how that all works. And then I ended up um, with a team of people, uh, build, look, going out to look for for new business opportunities outside the UK. It was all mm. going. Can you help us grow our business? Go and find countries, markets uh, where we could grow a business of scale, and put together the partnerships that we we'll need. Mm. Um, in order to make that a success. And uh, that's what I kind of spent about 36 or 37 years doing. And I had some great people Mm. around me who taught me so much and gave me opportunities. They gave me opportunities. I mean, looking back, Mm. you must have been mad. Mm. But not just me, but the load of us, they gave us, uh, you know, a relatively young age, a load of um, opportunities. And, And I found that I loved it. Mm. Um, and so, uh, you know, that's, that's the short version. It was about business, growing businesses, setting them up, uh, but doing it actually all outside the UK. Mm. And so you, were you with that company your whole career? Um, I had a huge list of two organizations I worked for okay. over those years. Right. Can I ask you what they are? Uh, that- but yeah, yeah we're, we're, it's, it's not against uh, the law to advertise, <laughs> yeah. is it? Um, so look, uh, Go and eat lots of McVitie's biscuits. McVitie's? Okay. Um, right. 
and uh, food business. And then right. I, <laughs> I'm, I made the imaginative move, mm -hmm. you know, um, super creative to move from biscuits to tea. Um, and um, for those of you, and if anybody's listening to this who's still working in the Twinings <laughs> business, uh, great business, and I, I worked in the tea business. Amazing. Did you, um, could I claim to all, everyone connected <laughs> to this podcast that you were the one who decided to put biscuits with tea? <laughs> is, that, is that too much of a stretch? I think I'd, I'd love to claim it, but I think I'm about 300 years too yeah. late for that. <laughs> um, Amazing. But yeah, so. So I imagine with that as well, you're, you're moving around, you're, you're me making new relationships, mm. connecting with people, like you're saying, in sales mm. and, 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 you know, looking at how you can partner with different people to, to grow and stuff like that. That's, uh, that's, that sounds like uh, you need a, a few skills in your toolbox to be able to do that. <laughs> well, it's great. Look, I loved it. It's not, mm. it's not for everyone. You sure. know, I, I loved it. Um, and actually, do you know, funnily enough, just I'll, I'll, I don't know whether this is linked or not, but it, if it's off in a tangent, so be it. Um, but actually, um, my mother, bless her, died many years ago, but she, she, she saw me start mm -hmm. in this, these kind of roles. And she was always, interesting, she was always really, um, you know, just she had a, a charming and beautiful for me, completely exaggerated sense uh, of what I was doing and you know where I was going but she loved it she always loved to hear you know mm. which country you're working in or which you're trying to set up a business in and who you're working with and which country did mm. and then I, I never you know complete lack of emotional intelligence on my behalf but one day I said oh I'm really excited because I'm, I'm actually going to be going to a country I've never been to before and I'm really interested because it's going to be such a complete culture shock but I'm going to Japan wow Given my family's history with Japan, I kind of, you know, gross insensitivity. But it, mm. it was interesting all those years later, it was, she just couldn't engage in the conversation. Mm. Wow. It was still just too visceral. But interestingly, um, once I got to know, I got there some really um, generous and helpful um, Japanese partners we work with. And uh, I got to know them over the course of 10, 15 years. Uh, and we had some conversations. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you know, I, I, you know, I was interested to talk to them about it once we had a good friendship, and actually, that also, I think, um, you know, there's a whole thing about, you know, letting things go. That's mm. oh, really hard. Mm. I mean, I know you can get into other things like forgiveness, and but you know, the ability to let things go, and and one of the things that I did. I, I I certainly experienced. I, I hope I learned was, you know, coming across people from different cultures and different parts of the world. Of course, I, you know, no surprise. You know, I just realised, you know, beyond the surface level things, just how differently people look at the world, mm. just how differently people make sense of things, yeah. just how differently they go about making decisions. Um, and and I that I had to let go of a lot of stuff because suddenly my my own cultural baggage, if you like, my own cultural reference points, um, quite a lot of them I had to let go. Mm. Um, but I think there's, I would link that to our discussion about, about courage because I, th I think there's something about um, learning and having a breadth of perspective that's bigger than just your own yes. that I think is a, it feeds into that discussion. It's a mm -hmm. critical. Without it, 
um, courage on its own um, can be destructive and mm-hmm. dangerous. And um, but I but I, I remember that moment when I had that conversation with my mother, yeah. and and I, you know there are some things that are just so hard for people to let go, yeah. which, which I which I get because they're, they're visceral. They're, yeah, absolutely. And you know, carried for many years, and mm-hmm. and again, like at this point, you can only imagine what that felt like, what that looked like, the, yeah. you know, flashbacks and, and bits and bobs mm. that someone would carry and, and maybe become part of their identity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a tricky thing. Um, I like what you said there in terms of getting different perspectives and then going, that's really refreshing. I never saw my life like that or I never saw this issue mm. like that. And it can be such a breath of fresh air um, to look at things sometimes more simply Mm. And sometimes with a layer of complexity that you didn't think was there, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think that's that's part part and parcel of traveling. Um, I yeah. know I'm going off on one, but that's just something <laughs> that came to mind there. Um, and then having the courage, like you said, to to let go of stuff. That's uh, you know, courage mm. can be associated with what can you do? What can you mm. what can you strap onto yourself? And mm. what can you you know put on the cape and be brave mm. about? But actually, it's it's uh, what can you be vulnerable in and uh, mm. really start to strip off stuff that doesn't really belong to you you know and, and I always remember somebody I've got a huge respect amount of respect for that that was really helpful to me um you know what when I when I came to this in the business context but I came to him it could be for any of us and uh, and I'd gone to him rather to to, to say Look, I'd like to make this decision um but you know it's it's a bit bigger than my remit you know can we have a discussion and, and are you okay to, to check you're okay that I do it yeah. And and I remember him looking at me and um, and just saying, "Guy, I'm not really interested in the decision." Oh, and I went, "Oh, um, this is not what I expected." Uh, <laughs> so I'm not sure if this conversation's going well or not. <laughs> um, he said, "What I'm interested in is who have you talked to," mm. and that had a profound impact on me because ultimately. <laughs> I hadn't talked to very many people and I most so- certainly had talked to like-minded people. Mm. And he said, well, that, that, on, on what basis do you think that your decision is likely to be a good one then? Or the best possible decision that could be made. Mm. Mm. So go find people mm. that think differently to yes, you. Yes, absolutely. That are experts in this or will just bring a different perspective mm. and then 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 see what it tells you mm. and and then come back and tell me who you've talked to and then make your decision. My brain is firing off in lots of different directions with that. <laughs> I think one of the things, you know, we talk about echo chambers, we talk mm. about the algorithms on mm. social media mm. when uh, you start to follow something or like something and all of a sudden everything is about that. And we, mm. and we see, you know, I mean, it's a little bit off off topic, but just political parties and and mm. and uh, you know campaigns in America, not mm. just in America. Sorry to single you out, America, <laughs> but um, you know the way that they feed these algorithms mm. to get people to mm. really only hear one voice mm. um, can be really dangerous. You know, very dangerous. Mm. I mean, we've seen history. I'm yeah. not. Re- I, I don't know if I was very good at history, <laughs> but you know, we've seen what that can look like, um, yeah. and how tyrannical things can get, and how people mm. can go really far. Uh, well, I say far, very extreme in their view because they only had that view. They didn't yeah, see yeah. what the other side looked like. So I think there's a lot in that. Well, I think, yeah, one of the... Look, and look, it's, it's a lot harder than it looks. Mm. You know, look, I, 
you know, it's easy to be comfortable with people that kind of think the same way you think. Yeah. It's not hard, but therein lies the problem. Mm. Um, you get, I mean, people have called it groupthink. You just, you just get people, as you say, in, in the sort of proverbial echo chamber, reinforcing mm. what each other says. Whereas what you, you, you kind of need a maverick. Mm. You, you need, I mean, I've got blind spots. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I haven't. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, we've all got blind spots. Well, um, actually, developing the self awareness to know what your blind spots are, and then to gather people around you who can help you see what you can't see yourself. Mm, well, mm. Uh, that, I mean, it's just so it's so important. Mm. And, and I, I think we come back to if I come back to the sort of the use of the description of tension. Yes, I think that's so important for you know this this kind of foundational virtue to so many things, courage. Mm. But if it isn't held in tension with some of these other qualities, mm. then um, then it's one-dimensional. Yeah, I agree. And I think if if we get to a place, you know, he- uh, well, can I say healthy spaces can take an idea and separate it from the person mm. and then attack the idea from different levels to see if it stands strong within Mm. itself Mm. whereas i think you know when we talk about echo chambers and and things like that what tends to happen is the idea becomes part of your identity and then dare you attack the idea you're attacking (laughs) who i am you know and and, and that can be a really um dangerous place in society can i say that well somebody once said to me that um you know, to that point, you know, be, be passionate about your convictions. Mm. You know, be passionate about them. You know, they matter to, they matter to you, Rick, don't they? They matter yeah. to me. So, so, you know, be passionate about them. But here's the tricky thing. Mm. But hold them lightly. Mm. Now, that, that, that for me is another sort of implied contradiction. Of, but how do you do that? Because if, if you're in the echo chamber, then you're going to hold, you're going to be passionate about them. And that passion is going to drive everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually to hold them lightly gives you the possibility to lay some of them down or to recognize when they need to change or you need to adapt or um, there's a different, there's a broader perspective than your own mm. that actually can give you something yeah. that you, well, it, it's your blind spot. You've given your something, mm. you've given yourself something that you would have never got to on your own. Mm. And I think that's, that's where the magic is, mm. the kind of proverbial third way. Yeah, that's where the magic is. I like that. That's good. <laughs> I mean, you know, I've just thought of this. I mean, I remember uh, when my father was ill, he, he died of leukemia. And I remember, you know, we thought he just had bad flu and he couldn't get over it. And he was in the hospital. Um, and it, it all, you know, it all, he declined in health quite quickly and died quite shortly after the diagnosis. But I remember going to the hospital and I just called in to see him. Um... And I remember the sister in the nurse, the, the sister in, in the ward took me to one side. I was walking out. I was I visited. And she took me to one side and she said, can I just have a conversation with you? I said, yeah, sure. Um, and she sat me down. She just looked me straight in the eye. He said, you do know your father's not going to make it, don't you? Mm. Has anybody had that conversation with you yet? And none of the doctors had none. I mean, that's not, people are busy and I visit whenever I visited. But she looked me in the eye and said, you do realize, don't you? And that was... And that was a kind of like, ah, I uh, no, I and then, then I realised at the at the point she had the conversation that actually I I wasn't facing this that I, mm. you know, you assume 
all those things. It happens to other people. My, you know, my dad's going to recover and it'll be all right. And, and, but, but she looked me in the eye, mm. totally direct, um, was honest with me and then gave me time. Wow. Didn't say a lot. Um, so anyway, those, those sort of things, you, you, you remember those things, mm. you think. Um, but actually she was doing it because she, she, could, she could see, you know, I'm uh, not sure that this young guy mm. had somebody help him face what he's got to have to face. So anyway, that's... It's, and it's a side of love and empathy that is important, you know, mm. to be able to have those conversations yeah. with people. Um, there's a movie <clears throat> called Moneyball. I don't know if you've ever watched it. Oh, it's yeah, uh, yeah. Jonah Hill and uh, Brad Pitt. And so Brad Pitt's trying to teach Jonah Hill how to fire people. And Jonah's going around the houses trying to, you know, oh, I'm really sorry. And he's like, no, be direct with people. Just tell them, you know, mm. I mean, I'm not relating it to, <laughs> to, to, to the way you might have done it, but just if you, if you can treat people with respect and be direct with them, then it takes away the whole layer of them you know, mistrusting mm. what's going on, trying to question all of these other things like, mm. oh, hang on, are they pulling the wool over my mm. eyes and all this kind mm. of stuff. And and I think that people appreciate authenticity, especially in those tough moments. Yeah, We've come into courage and pulled out and done all sorts of stuff. <laughs> um, if, you, if you had to define courage, how would Guy define it? <laughs> my experience, my perspective is that actually more important than what we do more important than what we achieve, more important than what we do for others, more important than even than the influence we may have over people or organizations, more important than all of that is the person that we're becoming. Mm. Okay, it's the person that we're becoming. And I think it's um, arguable that the, the sort of foundational virtue that can equip us for that kind of journey or that kind of process, whatever you want to call it is is courage mm. that investment in the person that we're becoming and, and maybe just to unpack unpack that one, one more level is that i think there are there are a couple of sort of characteristics or there are a couple of qualities that can lead into that um and i'm going to articulate this because it's kind of the way my mind works again through through holding a couple of things in tension mm-hmm. Because I think most of the people that have inspired me, that I've I've exhibited courage and have achieved things of significance across all kinds of walks of life, they've had what what I would call a fierce resolve. Mm. You know, at some point when circumstances are against you, your energy's gone, you're probably even lacking in self-belief um all the indicators are that whatever your whatever your task you're involved with it's just not going to plan it's not going to happen when everything's against you whatever on the inside there's a fierce resolve mm-hmm. that these men and women are able to draw on and 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 it and it and it's a sort of critical part of their character mm-hmm. but it's not the only thing mm-hmm. <laughs> Because I'm going to say over here, there's also another sort of quality that's at play, um, which often I don't hear talked about so much. But alongside this fierce resolve is a humility. Mm. And it's this, it's this tension or this ability to hold in play both fierce resolve and humility that is this sort of gateway 
to to courage mm. to being able to make those decisions that we've kind of reflected on because in humility you find people who know that they don't know it all they know that as we've reflected already that you that on their own they'll never get to the best possible decision mm. that they've got blind spots and they're self-aware enough to know quite a lot about what their blind spots are so they can gather people around them mm. that will see what they can't see um that to a point we touched on earlier that they'll the, the humility will give them the ability to let things go things mm. that they might hold very dear and believe in passionately but they'll be humble enough so i think when you see this fierce resolve being harnessed with humility then that then it, it can lead to um courage being a really positive uh, you know expressions of courage being really positive potentially life-changing but significant mm. and i think it you know not having the humility if we look at not having the humility and going, well, I know it all, you know, mm. and I've got the courage. Then now you're borderlining on, you know, going down a route of arrogance, which can bring a lot of stupidity, which can, mm. you know, that's just mm. one of many yeah. things that can happen when, when, you, when you don't have humility. Pride and things like that can really take a, take a hold over yeah. you if you're not willing to let go of uh, some of those thoughts. Well, well yeah. Um, actually, I don't know why this has come to mind, but... Um, you know, one of an iconic piece of music. Most people all know, whatever generation, and you hear used in various different um, occasions. Is you know, I did it my way. Mm. I did no, actually on one level, um, great place, great piece of music. You know, blah blah blah. Um, I know many people may disagree with this. I, I, <laughs> I just think it's um, it's a shocking lyric because. Mm. Kind of, if you think about it, in the context of what we're talking about here, if all you've got, if you take away the humility in a sense, if all you've got is, I did it my way, kind of, that would be the problem. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. guy just did it his way. Mm. 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 That's kind of the problem. Yeah, yeah. Um, and 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 look, that that doesn't mean you know we should you know, we should celebrate who we are, you know, Rick's being Rick's guy being guy, whoever. Um, but, um, but I also know that if I just did it my way without holding some of these things in tension, it, it wouldn't be great. No. And, and very limited. Like let's yeah. say, let's say your way was great. Like it got to a point where it's really good, yeah. But it'd be limited. Well, yeah. It'd be really limited. I'm sorry if that's your favourite song of all time or whatever. If you listen to this, but <laughs> <laughs> was there was there a movie or a book or something? Uh, I know I know we mentioned Chris, right? We mentioned Chris, <laughs> but I'm thinking about entertainment or or media or something that you you came across uh, in your life that really sparked something in you uh, in terms of courage in the context yeah, of courage. Um, look, the, look the, there is. And it's, I don't know whether it's, people would think it's a funny old, um, of all the movies I've watched, and, and look, I've, I've watched it, I've seen the theatre version of it, I've watched different versions of it, blah 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 Are you going to say Disney's Frozen? Is that what you're going to say? <laughs> High School Musical. Uh, thank you, Katie, that's our daughter. I did watch that, I don't know how many times, but it's, it's not made the cut, sadly. Okay. Um, it, and actually, if, um, the film is 12 Angry Men which you may have never heard of. I don't know. 12 Angry Men. And Who's in that? 12 Angry Men. Yeah. 
You have to go back to 1957. Oh, okay. All right. Black and white. Guy called Henry Fonda. Um, I think written by a guy called Reginald Rose. And, and look, I, honestly, I'll say, watch it. Now, look, it's 1957. I think for a film made in 1957, it, it's, it's kind of aged pretty well. Look, okay. I mean, if you're looking for diversity, sure, you know, sure. if you're looking for a few things. Um, but look, 12 Angry Men. And I'm going to write that down for you, reference. 12 you, Angry Men. 12, you might say, what you want me to watch a 1957 black and white movie. Oh, by the way, and the whole movie takes place in one room. Oh. Because the 12 Angry Men are a jury. Oh, okay. um, but actually, it's it's and 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 in it the 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 the, the link with courage and what it to be honest what it taught me and over over a number of years because I I've, I'm a bit of a geek on um, Twelve Angry Men uh, is that you, you have this central character where eleven out of the twelve jury to slam dunk mm-hmm. he's guilty it's, it's it's about a murder okay he's guilty. And it's the story of what unfolds. And there's one, there's one juror who doesn't know that he's not guilty, but he's just got a question. Mm. And it starts with a question. Right. And, and it, all play, it all kicks off because it's all so obvious. Bloody, bloody, blah. Anyway, watch the movie. Okay. I won't all say right. anymore. I'll watch it. I'll come back to um, you. But I think... What I, what I saw being played out in the character is just how, you know, if you like, the courage, the decision to stand against the crowd mm. and to stand, not that you had a diametrically different point of view, but you just had a question. Sure. So firstly, to stand, to stand when nobody else is standing with you, mm. um, that there may well be a moment I remember thinking of course as we so often do when we see movies and that's why they're inspiring what would I have done Mm. what would I have found within myself could I have done what that character did Mm. and he so firstly there's that and and then oh I suppose there may come a moment guy you may have one of those moments Mm. you need to get ready for it because it's it this is this is hard so yeah yeah. could i have done it am i ready and 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 the power of the right questions Mm. he didn't have the answer but he had a question Mm. um and then of course and guess what it's no surprise because i've sort of touched on this what gradually unfolds is that um each of the jurors needs a perspective broader than the one that they can bring. Can you think of um, one time in your life, an example from your life where you really had to put it on the line and you had to step up in courage and go for it? Yeah, and I, I don't want to over-exaggerate this. You know, I, as I say, you know, I, I never developed into the superhero of my sort of seven-year-old imagination. Um, and... Um, yeah, but for, for for me, this was this this was this was telling. So again, I you know another a, another decision in 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 the business I was working in. Uh, I remember I get to a, got to I, I was responsible for a, for a 
for a team working in a factory that was in a North Africa um, and there was a great great team there and um, I worked with them for 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 two or three years and and ultimately I you know I, I, you know we all have bosses but that was my area of responsibility and I remember I got to a because of various changes in in, in the business the business environment and the, and the sort of market the people that we were serving together with having taken advice and counsel from from others um i remember taking a proposal to the to, to if you like to my bosses saying look i think it's my belief that regret it we've got to close this factory down mm-hmm. um for the long-term health of the business um for the health of the organization um we've got to make some investment decisions about where to place our investment and uh, for various reasons um it's not this site and if you're involved in manufacturing or anything that involves people who are working really well together to do something that they believe is worthwhile mm. that, that's that's a kind of really difficult place to be um but i genuinely i remember having this sort of conversation with myself and with others saying i think this is the right long-term decision for the organization and for the business and it's going to be terribly painful for quite a lot of people. Mm. Um, but I think it's the right business decision and we should do it. And then we should obviously, well, I say obviously, set about implementing the plan in a way that to the best degree we can safeguards, you know, the transition or safeguards, safeguards the, the well-being of, of the people that are going to be impacted because there's going to be a load of people that are going to lose their jobs. Mm. But we help them prepare for a future beyond the factory mm-hmm. um, and, and that we sort of do the right thing in that sense. So I, I remember, and actually the decision was endorsed and and we set about, okay, how are we gonna do this? Um, but one of the things I, uh, it links with some of the other things, 12 angry men standing you know, against the tide. I think, well, this is, I'm not gonna win a popularity contest for this. Mm-hmm. How are we going to do this? But I, I remember thinking, you know, I, I've got to personally identify myself with this decision. I know these people. I've walked up and down the production lines. I know all the team. And I'm going to have to go and uh, make sure that they know that this is not some three layers up the hierarchy. No, no, this is a decision that I've advocated and I'm behind. It's me. And wow. you know me. Right? Brave. <laughs> you know me. Um and and in you, all, could, you could have hid if you wanted to. You could probably hide behind those layers if you had to. Uh, yeah, I um, mean, hey, look, I, it's tempting, you know, mm. and it's it's it's. But I kind of thought that I'm going to find out a lot about myself. Mm. Also, I, I'm. It, it's not you know completely sort of obvious, black and white, that it's going to be a tremendous success. This business decision, so I could really get it in the neck from the people that are, I'm going to whose lives I'm going to turn upside down. I could really get it. You you said this was a good business decision guy and, you know, what's going to happen 12, 18 months down the line? Um, But there comes a point where you think, no, I I genuinely believe this is the right thing to do. So I remember starting by talking to the general manager of the factory saying, "I'm I'm going to have a conversation with you. I don't control what happens after this conversation. You do. But I explained the situation and I said, I want you to help me implement this plan to shut down the factory 
So nobody else knows here in this, in, on the site except you. Um, so that's the first big risk. Um, but they ultimately, they said, yes. Okay, I get it. I get what you're trying to do. Let's do this. Um, and then gradually we brought in about another four or five other key people. Same conversations. And, and then I always remember coming to the day of the announcement. And because you, you do all your scenario planning and all the rest of it. And we just didn't know how people were going to react. Because we had... A couple of examples where there were three generations working. There was granddad, granddad son, and son. Uh, granddad, dad, and, and son working in the factories. Oh, this is a massive impact for certain households. Um, and we, anyway, we called a meeting in the in the canteen. I remember, I'll never forget the day standing, getting up on the table to make the announcement. <laughs> And it wasn't a coincidence that the fire escape was behind me and we'd informed the local police in case it all kicked off. Mm. But actually, the senior management knew there'd been tears and upset, um, but they understood. And, and then I thought, but I've got to make this announcement. I've got to be standing here. Anyway, I stood up and made it. And obviously, you know, it was, it was, it, on one, it was awful. I mean, you give people bad, just like the nurse who gave me bad news about my father all those years ago. Mm. What, what do you expect? It, it was awful. Mm. Um, and there were a couple of people that got really you know, emotional. Why wouldn't they? Yeah, sure. and, and there was a bit of poking and there was, there was a few words that I won't repeat here that mm. got said. Mm. Um, and... But as we then explained what we were going to do and how we were going to manage it, um, and we were going to take our time, that actually we were going to help prepare them for to get jobs outside. Nothing was going to happen like tomorrow, the next day, the next mm. week. That actually um, we had very high expectations of what they would do, which was in a sense was outrageous. You know, what, what you're taking my job away, you're turning my family life upside down and now you're telling me that you're going to expect a lot of me mm. but we decided to do that um and i'd learned from others you know this just fundamental principle that if you have high expectations of people and then you equip them and give them the freedom to go and do what they're good at generally speaking you'll see my experience you see the best of people wow and i said look you guys are good at running this plant. You know how to do this. Um, I think when you've finished shouting at me, which it's perfectly okay to do, um, you'll want to do this project well. Mm. Um, and anyway, the end of the story kind of goes th that they did. Wow. They did. I'm all shattered after that. I'll never forget it. Mm. But I mean, honestly, I know this is this, I hope this comes across the way it's intended to but I mean boy the next six months reflected really well on those people mm. they they absolutely did a great job and when we kind of eventually closed the gates I mean literally closed the gates put the padlock on because we'd sold the site to somebody um, they actually were proud of what they'd done wow. um, so I think you can take whatever principles you like out of that. For me, it was just deeply personal. Mm. Um, 
but I, but I think um, that that I I saw that if again if you're straight with people, yeah, if you face the difficult stuff and you stand alongside people, you kind of walk with them and do the very best you can for them, mm. without in any way trying to pretend that it isn't at times horrible. Mm. Um, you you you'll give yourself the chance to see people at their best. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, and as you can tell, I mean that was a few years ago, but I I, re- I remember it like it was mm. yesterday. Mm. And I think there is a you know somebody once told a story about uh, uh, you know the, the way you leave the town you're in mm. is the way you arrive at the next town. Mm. You know the kind of principle being that actually wherever you leave, it might be a place of work, it might be a place where you live, or whatever. If you're leaving something or some friendships, leaving well. Mm. It's powerful. Yeah, yeah. Because actually, if you think that when you arrive, if I think, if any of us think that, you know, but when I get to the new place, well, it's going to be different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but when it's become normal, because mm-hmm. everybody becomes normal eventually, yeah, yeah, yeah. you suddenly find it, actually, you've just, you've carried the stuff you've with carried you. carried it, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so carry good stuff. Yeah, Leave yeah. well. And it links into what you're saying about letting go, the brave, you know, bravery and letting go as well, um, which is tricky. There's a, there's an, a, uh, there's an approach to life that can be quite avoidant and what you find is it, it'll catch up with you at some point and probably when you least want it to yeah. as well. Um, so I think leaving well is a great, you know, it's a, it's a great side note uh, mm. to that. Mm. Um, thank you for sharing that. Um, I was going to ask you if there's anyone that comes to mind that's really challenged you or inspired you. I know we talked about Chris earlier on. Um, and I don't know if you want to add anyone else to that, or should we give that? Well, that, you know, that not surprising. There's a, there's a long list. There's a <laughs> there's long, a long list, list of that's heroes. Good. That's good. I mean, may, maybe that's the thing. Just to leave to finish on to mm. is, you know, look for me, and that, and this is the the way it works for me. Um, I mean, I have a long list of heroes. Some of them living, some of them not. Mm-hmm. Some of them go back many, many, many years. Yeah. Um, but but I, I, I mean. And that's easy. I mean, I find it easy to have heroes, mm. you know. Um, mm. But I think in these people, in these men and women that have achieved significant things and demonstrated attributes of courage and perseverance and achieved, achieved much, um, you know, their wisdom is hard won. Yeah, sure. You know, it's hard. I mean, there's, there's priceless wisdom to be handed down from generation to mm. generation. So that, that's why I love kind of reading and watching and listening mm. uh, to these to these people because there's there's always there's always stuff to learn always um yeah. so i don't yeah yeah get get heroes get loads of them. Get heroes you, for another podcast I don't you, know if you want just, 10 of them I'll, should I'll, i say I'll, this here i'm going to say this here because i think <laughs> encouragement is in my nature <laughs> but um I think you were a bit of a hero to me a couple of times in my life. Um, and one of the things I really remember, well, I quite liked, you know, because I've heard, heard you speak mm. uh, publicly a few times and I think you led a leadership thing that was a part of mm. um, a, a midweek thing that we did. And, and I just thought you had a lot of wisdom to share, which ties in with what you're saying, you know, uh, listen to wisdom. It's good. It's hard earned, right? Um, but I had, to, I had to, my first uh, time I had to do a bit of public speaking, you know, I had the nerves and I had all the thoughts and the, you know, the back doors over there. So, you know, I can get out of this. <clears throat> and then afterwards, I, I got some uh, feedback from people. And you were one of the people who came up to me and fed back to me. I can't exactly remember what you said, but what, what you did say um, was, was very specific. 
and it was very significant mm -hmm. and for me i was like wow a guy said that you know because <laughs> it was more about who mm. said it mm. than than what was said i don't know if that's yeah, yeah, yeah. a compliment that well, i'm trying I'll, to be I'll complimentary take hey, I'll, I'll take um, it <laughs> but it just it, it just meant a lot to me and i was like okay because i think um yeah i just wanted to share that i think yeah, so yeah heroes are important and it's yeah. and, and i really like what you said that have loads of heroes mm. you know there's plenty because we're all fallible right we all make yeah. mistakes and i think it's probably a wider topic but you know you could put people on pedestals and then when they fall your whole your mm. whole life mm. falls apart yeah. whereas if you if you if you can uh, gain wisdom from multiple places it's only a good thing right yeah good yeah. cool so well, thanks thanks for that moment when you came yeah, over good, to me good. It meant a lot. um great stuff uh Last couple of questions. If you were in my shoes, what question would you ask yourself, if at all? <laughs> well, I'd, um, maybe not a surprise. You know, where where do you get your help from? Where do you get your help from? Where do you get your help from, where guy? Where do you get your help from? Well, look, you know, I'm. Um, yeah, I would describe myself as a as, as a man of faith. Mm -hmm. I think. Um, you know, there's, uh, you know, I think sadly, but maybe inevitably, there's a lot of stuff that comes under the banner of religion. Mm -hmm. It's got absolutely nothing to do with God. Um, <laughs> and it's pretty unhelpful. But I think when you meet people that have had a genuine personal kind of spiritual experience, there's there's just great learning and wisdom and, and, and friendship to, to be had from, from them. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, partly, of course, it comes... It comes from my faith. Sure. It comes from my faith in, in Jesus and um, and in genuinely, um, you know, having that sort of meaningful spiritual mm. encounters mm. and learning from those that have. Uh, that's part of it. And then it's, but it's also, as we've touched on in the conversation, look, there are just so many other people that, that have expertise or knowledge or experience in different areas of life that I've had just the privilege to either get to know mm. or have been put my way. So I'm just always looking for people, whether it's through the written word, whether it's through actual friendship, the spoken word. Yeah. Learn. Learn. Learn and look forward, mm. you know, um, and, and therefore it's other people. Yeah. That have it, out of their goodness have inputted to me. Mm amazing thank you for that thank you for that um if you could sum up everything that we talked about today which is a, such a big big question um but if someone uh tuned in forwarded right to the end <laughs> and was like what, what are they talking about yeah um fierce resolve humility mm -hmm. explore how you hold those intention and personally, at my sort of season of life, although I'm prone to move to action, I'm actually trying to do less, mm -hmm. reflect more, and take a few more risks. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you so, so much for joining me on the Go Encourage podcast today. Well, thanks for having me. It's thanks been such a me. pleasure talking to you. <laughs> um, there'll be other topics down the line. <laughs> And I'd love to get you back on board, uh, back on the show and then mm. talk through some of that. One of them is uh, relationships. Yeah. So that'd be good to get some insight into that. Um, and then we're going to touch on parenting. But I know you're a granddad as well. Yeah. 
So it'd be really cool to have that perspective <laughs> okay. on parenting and then being uh, a grandparent as well. For, yeah. If you'd come back. That'd yeah, be it was great. great. It's, it's, it's early days on that. Um, six months at it. But, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but James and Jesse are still letting me, uh, they're still letting me in. So yeah, no, it'd be great. So I might not get you because you'd be busy like <laughs> doing childcare <laughs> yeah. and stuff. You know, It's coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> great stuff. Right, well, thanks again for, for being here. If people want to connect with you online, is there a place they can uh, find actually, you? You know, that's the thing. Um, if people want to connect with me online, mm, the best way is you. Me. <laughs> okay, all right. Get in touch with Ricks. Okay. If you think I can help with a conversation or something, then that's great. Pass them on. Cool. Way. Maybe they can chuck some stuff in the comments and then yeah, I'll, yeah, uh, absolutely. That's I'll come back. Way. I'll come yeah. back and, uh, and bug you a little bit. <laughs> cool. Well, thanks again for being on the show. Uh, it's been a real pleasure. Um, I look forward to the next time. Great stuff. Cool. Thank you very um, much indeed. So if you've been uh, watching from home, listening online, I um, hope you've uh, got something out of that. And if you have, do send something to us in the comments. We love to hear how this uh, impacts you, uh, how it's interesting and all the rest of it. But whatever you're doing and link to what was said earlier on as well, go forward, go give it your 200%, go for it. And then, you know, hold back on some of the action when it needs to, needs to be held back as well. All right, I'll see you on the next one. Go encourage. Really hope you enjoyed that conversation. If you did, do let us know in the comments or you can connect with us via our social media channels where the links are available on www.goencourage.com. If you haven't already, you can now get a copy of the Courage Journal that we've put together to help you build courage on a day-to-day basis. We have a paperback version and a hardback version as well. Links are on the website. You can purchase these in the UK, the US, Australia, Canada, and all across Europe. So go and have a look at that. Uh, I think it's going to be a really valuable resource. All right. So until the next time, whatever you're doing, keep moving forward and go encourage.